talking across the political chasm, Facebook marketing, reading Taiwanese codes, how to train, getting serious about being a learning organization, and more. Portland Underground Grad School is also known as Pugs. Classes take place all over the Portland metro area. Information about registering, teaching classes, and more can be found at kwu.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KWU Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of People Sanctuary, Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. at the Artist Repertory Theater in Portland. People Sanctuary features performances by Amenta Abioto, Mike Crenshaw, Solomon Starr, Black Butterfly, Alexis Kennard, and Michelle Strong. Again, that's at People Sanctuary, Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. at the Artist Repertory Theater. 1515 Southwest Morrison Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. This is Judy Berry from Earth First, and when I'm in Portland, I listen to non-commercial community radio, KBOO Portland. No compromise in defense of the truth. My name is Taria Autry, and you are tuned into KBOO Portland. I am actually here in the studio in Portland, Oregon. You're welcome. It's my birthday, and so as a very special guest today, I have the one and only Mary Reckoner, who I have known for, geez, like a decade a and some time. change. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, not to like convey <laughs> our age or bestow any secret information. However, we've known each other co- for quite some time, and I'm really excited to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much. Great. Um, it came about because I'm in town doing some work, and some of the work that I do when I'm here is uh, my role as a teaching artist. So I'm working with Raleigh Park Elementary, I'm going to be working with Grant High School, and I'm also going to be doing some work with a school out in um, Jefferson County Middle School out in Central Oregon. So I feel really fortunate to be back in town doing some of the work that I love. And in doing that, of course, running in uh, to Mary, I've been doing some slam and poetry performance workshops at the Literary um, Arts Office downtown. So Mary, for the people out here, out there who are listening or tuning into this after the fact, and they might be asking, what exactly does Writers in the Schools do? Can you tell? I don't know how they wouldn't know that because they should know because Writers in School is pretty amazing. But they might not know. But they might not know. So could you tell tell them a little bit about what you guys sure. are doing? 
Sure. So Writers in the Schools is one of the youth programs at Literary Arts. So Literary Arts is a nonprofit literary center. It's in downtown Portland. We have a 30-year history of supporting uh, writers and engaging readers and inspiring the next generation with great literature. And our uh, youth programs are Writers in the Schools. We do a college essay mentoring project. We do Students to the Schnitz where we bring... um, high school students and their teachers and families sometimes to all of the Portland Arts and Lectures events and special events that Literary Arts does. And then our other big program is Verslandia. Um, And Writers in the Schools is a program that's been around for over 20 years. We hire between 20 and 25 published professional writers and teaching artists to teach in public high schools throughout Multnomah County. And they teach semester-long creative writing residencies where students work with the professional writer and their classroom teacher who invites them to work with his or her students. And as you know, we've both done this work and have been teaching artists, but for the audience um, who's listening, the teaching artist works with the classroom teacher to really amplify and develop Um, and extend what's already happening in terms of reading and writing in the classroom. And students during their time with the teaching artist, um, they write a lot of new work. So they generate new work and then they revise work and then they share their work both in the classroom and then with the larger world. We have readings throughout the city um, at bookstores and cafes at our center downtown. And then students get a chance to publish their work as well in um, our print and digital anthologies. Well, and I'm so glad you mentioned, among other things, the anthologies. Uh, I did bring a stack of anthologies in. I've had the pleasure to be able to work with the organization over uh, quite a few years. And so at some point we are looking to share some student writings with you, some great collections here. Now, Mary, we were talking the other day uh, about you're working on some projects. You have some goals for yourself yeah. as as an artist. Yeah, share that with us. Yeah, um, and I'm you know not alone at Literary Arts. Like in addition to the um, writers that we hire to teach, we have lots of writers who teach in our space. They teach adult classes, and then about half the staff at Literary Arts are also writers too. So it's a cool place to work in terms of having a lot of creative energy there. But I um, recently finished a novel and last year started working with an agent and she's gonna be looking to see if we can publish it. So that's really exciting. And I did bring um, a couple pages I can share with you if you like. I would love that. Could you share a couple pages with us? Thank you so much. So this is, This is a chapter about a little boy who is four years old. He's been adopted. He's Bulgarian, and his adopted dad dies suddenly. Um, So he's a little confused, and he doesn't know English very well. And I brought this um, because I knew we were going to be talking about language and what does language mean and the role of language in people's lives. So the little kid's name is Alexander. Before he fell asleep, Alexander experienced the sensation of wood he associated with sticks that stuck out of the popsicles given to him by Grandpa Paul and others, but mostly Grandpa Paul. He felt the flat side and the thick side of the stick. It was almost a dream, but he was not asleep. His mind felt strange and floating. It wasn't like during the day when his mother or teacher or grandmother was talking to him and making him talk, pointing at a block and saying red until he repeated red, and then at another block and saying green until he repeated green. They did with the num- this with numbers and letters too, and with many objects, shirt, pants, boots, car, fork, spoon, and on and on, the days an endless river of words he must repeat and remember, cow, sheep, chicken, horse, dog, cat, for it made his mother and his teacher and his grandmother's faces alive when he remembered. If he forgot what they had taught him the day before, their faces looked dead. Sometimes at home he sat on his mother's lap with a book while she pointed at a page full of faces. Happy, she said, pointing at one face, and he repeated, happy. The line of the mouth was turned up like a wedge of an orange. Sad, she said, pointing at the face where the mouth turned down. Sad, he repeated. Tonight, his stuffed dogs were jammed between the wall and the bed where he had jammed them, where he jammed them every night if he remembered, trapping them so that they would be there again in the morning. 
In the morning, he would decide whether to take them out and kiss and hug them or leave them mashed and barely breathing. He wasn't sure if they were dead until he touched them, but when he touched them, they were warm and alive. At night, he also sometimes jammed them against the wall and pulled them out repeatedly. We're only kidding, said the kids at school, holding their nose when he came close, saying, P.U., P.U., and then, don't tell, don't be a baby, we're only kidding. Lying on his back in his bed, he pulled the first dog out and felt how sad the other one was to be dead. He pulled out the second dog, too. Only kidding, he whispered as he placed them on his chest. Be happy, he told them. Because it was dark, he couldn't see their tan bodies or their dark brown ears, but he could see both colors in his mind as he ran his hands down their backs. He wanted the weight of their bodies on his own body to be even heavier, to weigh much more. Wow. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Um, So you have this book kind of fresh, yeah, sort of well, fresh. like fresh and not fresh. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a long time to to write. As I can you know. only imagine. I can yeah. only imagine. And then, but it feels good. What else is um, What else is brewing? Yeah, well, I am also working on a young adult novel, and that's been really interesting and exciting. I've been writing. I've been writing stories for a really long time, so working on longer projects have been, in a way kind of like learning a new new language in some respects. I really started writing, when I started writing, I wrote very short pieces, kind of prose pieces, and then I moved into writing poetry, and then I kind of went back to writing prose, and a story length felt really comfortable. I sort of mm-hmm. understood the machinery of what that, how that worked, like a 10 or 20 page story, yeah. but then moving um, to a narrative that s- is sustained over a longer duration and has more people and more things happening and more things to keep track of. Right. And just kind of the momentum of, um, the momentum is really different because in a story, at least for myself, it felt like the language was really what was propelling everything all the time. Whereas in a novel, sort of the time weighs more heavily, I think, and kind of cause and effect weighs a little bit more heavily. Yeah, I like that. This, thank you so much for sharing some thoughts on the differences between writing. I know I love reading novels. And then there is that part of me that is like, hmm. Yeah. No, understanding the dedication that that takes to... Yeah weave an ongoing tale beyond chapters and exactly. hundreds of pages. And hundreds of pages, mm-hmm. yeah. For me, they'll never be too long, I don't think. I mean, my novel's like 250 pages. <laughs> Which is fair. That's you know? fair. I think that's fair. That's fair. And has your work with youth been part of your inspiration to do a like is juvenile fiction? Is that what they're... Yeah, like a young adult novel. Young adult novel. Um, well, two of the characters are... Well, I, well, three of the characters are teenagers, and then there are adults in the novel too. Um, yeah, I think I think working with young people, and also I have sons um, who might be listening, and I told them I would give them a shout out. <laughs> They're seventeen and nineteen. Um, I think that time of life, adolescence, is so inspiring. I mean, it's just such a rich time. It feels to me like it's a time that you draw on for the rest of your life creatively, or at least I have very much. Um, and I guess it's because, you know, you're going through this metamorphosis really where you have a life that's really defined by the world that you know. Mm-hmm. And then you re- you move into these larger spheres and you come in contact with m- more and more people and different experiences and different kids desire different experiences. Um, So to me, it's always been such a fascinating time of life to think about for myself. I mean, it was messy for me um, too, so it wasn't just all great. Right. But I think I'm definitely um, drawn to working with young people and people in their adolescent years because it's an exciting time. I mean, it can feel kind of miserable, 
For sure. I mean, that's what, <laughs> when I think back to those years for myself, I definitely recall a great deal of turmoil. Yeah. And then when you were describing that, I was thinking about just sort of the cacophony yeah. of adolescence, right? Because it's all these different sounds and yeah. things, and sometimes it's harmonious, and then other times yeah. it's a total polar opposite. You're yeah. like, no, those things should not happen simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I think it's the drama of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I've gotten older, I've calmed down, I guess, a little bit. But and in, in many ways, I'm happy about that. But sometimes I miss the sort of torqued out tempestuousness of my earlier life. Yeah, that way back when. Yeah, when that we were way back when, little, when I was running, a little wilder, running <laughs> had had a few less bills we had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of rein it in, you know. <laughs> exactly. But also just having that, um, I just think that spirit of adventure mm-hmm. is exciting. Yeah. And you were saying your youngest is 17? Is that yeah, right? he's 17. So you're... He's a student at Grant. You're on the, like, pre- like on that precipice oh, that yeah. I just recently... Yeah. Um, ...jumped and, f- like, flew over. I like how you yeah. call your... Um, what do you call your children? You my call them your adults. My, my grown-ups. I'm hanging out with yeah. my grown-ups today. I love that. And so some of my being back in town was to actually, you know, spend some time with yeah. both of my adults at the same time because we're kind of hurled across different states now. Yeah. So that becomes harder. And, you know, and then that difference, you know, we're talking about kind of journeys and big life changes and shifts. And it's not, you know, just the two of us, but so many people that I know that are making these kind of big drastic changes yeah. and you know the ability to be able to make some of those changes when our our young people are more adult exactly you know? yeah your your life changes a lot i think when you've been a parent and you've you've focused so much on taking care mm-hmm. of your kids and then they become your grown-ups and it's amazing to see how much they change and how ready they are to go live their lives yeah in various ways right and it's beautiful to watch and yeah as we talk about youth i think what we'll do is let's go ahead and um, play a song for our listeners you're tuned into poetic license i am taria autry your host of this adventure it happens the first monday of every month here on kboo portland at 10 o'clock p.m pacific standard time Check it out. A 
I walk through this field with M&Ls. Ill die hard soldiers, try to make it to Rosa Generals. Hard-headed rugged captains, walking head on through action. Turn your zone to closed caption. I bring the skills of wizardry. Treat MCs with bigotry. So now you see the picture vividly. Seduce your brain from the temple over instrumentals. The fifth chant. You see the exhaust off the swift camp. Mannerism is the scan your vision. You see the light, you can't eclipse the sun. We call back the young, but still a strap or gun. That shoot caps, that spook cats, a rapper song. Now you might too across from the dinosaur, you find a loss. Niggas are so cold, they sport frost. The M, the ill attend, the bad lieutenant kill your camp. You're now a victim of reality, my personality afflicted. For three to five, if convicted, illicit. Because most cats will live corrupted. It ain't no pity in the center city, niggas fuck it. Exquisite, I exhibit the shine, and check it out. All my people's on the planet stimulating the mind. All my people's happy knowing the time. Come on and push up your lights up. Up your lights up. Up your lights up. For we spark the fire to all my people's on the planet stimulating the mind. All my people's happy knowing the time. Come on and push up your lights up. Up your lights up. Up your lights up. For we spark. Check it out. Inclined to rap about facts. I never think yeah, Shit is real like impacts. 456 is trends and gimmicks. You are tuned in to Poetic License. I'm your host, Taria Autry, and tonight I am here with Mary Reckner from Literary Arts and Writers in the Schools, and we are going to share some writing by students over the years through the fabulous anthologies that Writers in the Schools puts together. Yeah, and Mel Wells is um, one of my colleagues at Literary Arts, and she's the editor of the print anthology and the digital anthology that we do every year so she does she's a wonderful book designer and a great editor so she's she's chosen these pieces I love it uh, you want me to read yes please okay this is called Never it's by Henry Latin Dress from Wilson High School and the writer that he worked with is Amy Minato not all of the poems more recently we've been listing the writer that the um, student worked with so Never Never snuggle your tarantula. Never put on hand lotion before sewing. Never tell your child they're smarter than you. Never tell your parent they're always right. Never wear flip-flops while skateboarding. Never put salt in the sugar shaker. Never put dead birds in a yogurt container in your freezer. Never let the librarian catch you chewing gum. Never leave home without your brain. Wow, I love it. That's terrific. And I'm going to share a piece from the anthology from 2001-2002 school year, What There Was in High School. And this is called Try by Angelina Pavlova from Madison High School. Try to be shy once in a while. Try to stay still. Try to listen to your parents and your friends. Try to care about people. Stop the judgment. Try to be nice once in a while. Stop to care what others think. Be there when your friends need you. Be there when you need yourself. Try to change. Try it harder. Try to be nice to other people. Try to change. Try it harder. Try it, Angelina. Oh, I love that. I know, isn't that great? It's like a little pep talk yeah, that's to herself. Great. Yeah, it's that's like fantastic. So beautiful. I love that. So we um, came prepared with students. You know, I think the thing about sharing student writing, I think both of us are really big proponents of creating spaces where we hear um, voices of young adults um, throughout the city and beyond and how I think both of us really stayed drawn into this work because yeah. it's so much about creating those spaces for youth to um, share. And I know... While we're speaking about yeah. that, let's talk a little more about um, Verslandia. Sure. Yeah, so Verslandia is an all-city youth poetry slam. It features high school students. This is the sixth year that um, Literary Arts is presenting Verslandia, um, and we do that in conjunction with the public high school librarians and teachers who work on slams at their school. So each school has their own slam, and then that produces the finalists that then go on to compete at Verslandia. And Verslandia is it's a great event because it kind of combines the joy of a competitive high school basketball game or other sport sporting event with the joy of 
a really great poetry reading. Yeah. And you put them together, and that's first land yeah, with a lot of cheering and booing and <laughs> judges on stage who were doing their best and amazing yeah. hosts. Like, Tria has been a host before. Anise Moshgani is going to host this year, and um, the host brings so much to the event also. Yeah, it's it's been incredible to really be a part of that process as well, yeah. working with the high school's way back when just getting their slam started on the different campuses and just seeing how things have grown so one thing that i definitely appreciate when i come back to portland to visit is just seeing how things are really blossoming and um, blooming and continuing to grow in regards to youth literary outlets Mm -hmm. and i know if um if you if you are out there and you are a high school student and you would like to come to one of the writing workshops, they will be at the Literary Arts Building, which is located on 10th and Southwest yeah. Washington. Yeah, it's 925 Southwest Washington, pretty much at the corner of 10th and Washington downtown. And those workshops are free for high school youth. Yeah, and there'll be one this Saturday from 1 p.m. to three. about 3 p.m. And then there'll be one on Thursday. The following Thursday. Yeah. I have the exact time in my and and we will calendar. refer to that again <laughs> just slightly later. Um, it's after school from four to five thirty, I yeah. think. And you know, just opportunities again for, for young people to be able to come out and yeah. share what's on their mind. I think a lot of times we don't give them the credit for the just huge amounts of you know, in intelligence and resilience and yeah. so many um, just amazing, incredible skills that they have to cope and navigate the world we live in. Yeah, and they're they're really bold. They're fearless. Yeah. They're smart. They're super funny. Yeah. Um, so I think all of those things make an event like Verslandia where you have this showcase of kids from all over coming together to spit poems listen to each other, support each other. Um, and then to have a really large audience is amazing. So that um, when Verslandia first started, we were at the Mission Theater. And every year we've kind of bumped up um, to a larger venue to accommodate the amount of people that want to come and support students and cheer students on and, and witness the, the event. Um, so we went from the Mission Theater to uh, Portland Center Stage then we went to the Newmark, and this year we're going to be at the Schnitz. Fantastic. Yeah, so I want to make sure everybody knows that they can come. We've got tickets. They can buy tickets online. Um, Verslandia is going to be April 27th at 7 p.m. at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall. Tickets are $10. And um, if you go to the Literary Arts website, you can just click on a link, and that will take you to um, where you can buy tickets and our website is www.literary-arts.org nice. so definitely you know feel free to check out their website to see more about what the organization is doing Please. great speakers that they're always bringing into town talented authors um, just and lots of free events actually we have um, at literary arts uh, Susan Moore directs that program and um, I think last year we did they did about 40 different free events in the literary arts space that are free and open to the public and really feature other reading series um, and other groups like Unchased um, the PSU MFA reading series there's a queer reading series that's going on there now and lots of other mm-hmm. others as well um, and those are all free and open to the public so it's a so, really cool asset and, and yeah. also the space is really nice it's a gr- there it's a great place to have a reading it really is and um, it's exciting to see that you guys have moved into a space that you can really do Events. some of the great things that you're doing there it's really wonderful yeah. and so definitely check them out online and get more information about all the great things that are coming up we have some more anthologies and yeah. I think let's um, thumb through and did you have a piece already picked yeah up? I thought this was a cool piece um, and I actually remember this girl. <laughs> it's from our 2011-2012 um, anthology, There is a Fire, K.I. Un Fuego. And this piece is called Anticipation. It's by Amanda Tryon from Roosevelt High School. And um, there's a subtitle. It's a found poem from The Girl Who Fell from the Sky. 
and that's a that's a book by Heidi Duro, who grew up here in um, in Portland. They waltzed with the cloud, expanding into space, closer and closer to the edge, crushed, expanding into space, like she saw through me, crushed. I could hurl myself over the edge, like she saw through me, silent, misty breath. I could hurl myself over the edge, surrendered. Silent, misty breath, closer and closer to the edge, surrendered. They waltzed with a cloud. Beautiful piece. Yeah. This is Remembering, Emily Villanueva from MLC. Nothing and nobody to remember, merely shadowy husks of my past. Swimming and diving through the crevices of my mind, only crossing into my conscious thoughts when my guard is down. Somewhere along the line that separates me from myself is a darkened well of memory, existing merely to remind me of what is past. It is full of days, years really, of everything I've left behind. I can see myself as a mere child struggling to understand the world, as hundreds of thousands of others have done before me. Of course, I never had any valid answers. I never asked for what has passed. I never wanted such a reality where nothing I do and have done makes sense. There are voices in my mind now, voices of those whose souls I thought had fallen past mortal reach. I can feel their brittle, mummified fingers, wrapping themselves joint by frail joint around my shoulders, telling me everything has, is, and forever will be utterly useless. I thought they were lying back then. Now I realize the truth. The world isn't fair, they whisper in my ear. But why isn't it ever unfair in my favor? In my mind's eye, I envision myself in an entirely different world, a different life. I toss myself into this virtual reality, straining against the knowledge that everything in this fake dimension is nothing but an image of what I wish my world could be. Nothing is ever perfect. I know that now. And yet, I still have room to dream, as dreams are the only splendor I have to escape to. They are full of colors and vibrant feelings of joy and love and utter belonging, with friends surrounding me at every moment. And then, I wake up. I love that poem. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah. I love that line. Um you know, life is unfair, but why is it always unfair not in my favor? Right? Like, can it just be, like, unfair to everyone else and hook me up real quick? Just, can I? Yeah. It, it's an excellent point. It really is. It really is. You know, the the brilliance. It's You got to love it. You yeah. got to love it. Um, I'm... I'm really appreciative to be able to work at Grant High School this year. And it's been yeah. quite some time since I've worked with students yeah. at Grant. And, um, you know, I'm really uh, looking forward to it. So I'm curious, maybe do you have uh, maybe a, f a funny little story uh, that time when? Oh, about teaching? Yeah. I'd love to hear a teaching story. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I have some... I have some teaching stories. I mean, it's one thing that's been interesting is to, you know, move from a teaching role into more of an administrative role where you're hiring people and supervising people and trying to teach them to um, be a really effective teaching artist. And I think one of the things about writers in the schools is we have this collective wisdom. Mm -hmm. There are so many writers, probably, you know, a quarter of the writers in Portland have worked at some point at or some another. Point. We've right? all traveled through there. <laughs> We've yeah. all traveled through the Writers in the Schools program, which is great. So we have this huge amount of collective knowledge about what works really well um, when working with students and what's what's a good idea and what's not a good idea. And, and I know that when I was um, when I was a writer in the schools, there was and I won't go into too many details. Like the names have been changed to protect, <laughs> to protect the, innocent. the innocent. But I was pretty sure that this one piece that I wanted to share with students was a really good idea, even though it was kind of profane. Um, 
but I thought the writing was great, and I'm mm-hmm. I was sure the kids would love the humor and also the the craft was amazing. Yeah. The craft of writing, but the um, the women who worked in the main office disposed of the story, and we were just like, "But this won't work for our kids." Yeah. So I think it was just kind of a funny. Um, and now, of course, I find myself in the position of just being much more sensitive about what are the norms of a particular class. Yeah. You know, maybe run that by uh, the teacher first. Like, definitely run that by the teacher first. But um, one of the things I think that you realize as a a teacher, um, as someone who works with students, or or really just anything in life, is that you, you really do have to do a lot of learning as you go. Definitely. Every day is a learning process. You know, every day. And you sometimes do make mistakes, you know, and some, and and I also think the other thing about teaching is that it's really relational. So just like in any relationship, there are days that are, that don't go that well. Right. You know, and there might be lots of reasons why things don't go that well. Um, But you come back. I mean, to me, that's the most important thing. And I think that's what's really cool about the residencies that um, we're able to do with students is that they last over a semester, mm-hmm. you know, or 10, 10 sessions over the right. course of a semester. And 10 90-minute sessions is a long time for a person to come in and work with a group of students and develop a rapport and a relationship and get to know them, um, get to know their writing, give them individualized feedback on their writing. So I think that that piece to me um, is probably the most powerful piece of just the exchange that happens between the teacher and the writer and then also the writer and the students in the class. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to see the difference, too, I think, in, in working with the different ages. So yeah. So I'm also, I, I always get excited about, I mean, I love working with all ages. Every age has yeah, its, of course. its benefit and its thing that just makes it, like, one of the coolest ages. Yeah, but the third graders hug. The third graders hug. <laughs> the third graders hug. And they're adorable. They're adorable. But then you remember, like, oh, they're little. They're 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 little people. And, and they just want to hug you and be like, you're the best. And it's so sweet. But we live these, like, really adult bubble lives, you know? And not having really been a constant, you know, third grade teacher. I've worked with all ages, though. Yeah. But I always forget that because I tend to do so much more with middle and yeah. high school students. And, yeah. you know, at that point, you know, we, oh, yeah. we respect spatial boundaries exactly, and exactly. are very clear on that. So, yeah, it, it's been fun. But I do I love being able to have the really thoughtful, intellectual, like political conversations yeah. that so many yeah. um, folks are having by the time they're in high school. And, mm-hmm. you know, not that they don't have them in middle school, but yeah. there's a degree that you can get into some really. Yeah, and I think students by that time, too, have had, they've had both experiences and also time to reflect even on some of their experiences. And also their, their world is getting bigger. And so they can kind of contrast their own experiences with what they see out in the world, whether other people they know or what they're reading about and learning about. And so I feel like it is such a charged time. Um, And I think young people are critical in the best sense Mm -hmm. because they, um, they're not, it's a cool time because you're not really that invested. Mm -hmm. You don't really have to toe the line about anything. Yeah. And so you do get to be, it's sort of a classic artist stance. Right. of being outside mm-hmm. um, and you have a clarity of vision that you know gets dulled a little bit I think by responsibility yeah and and maybe the fear or like sort of oppressed feeling you sometimes <laughs> get when you have to start paying a lot of bills <laughs> and then and then comes capitalism right. um, basically is um, what we're referring to there kids and I do find myself saying those things that I always said I'm never going to say that to you know to yeah. my kids and you're like you'll see when you have to pay the bills you know and stuff like that like enjoy it while you're young kid all adulthood is is like you know bills you're like oh don't say that to the kids don't say that to the young people adulthood is actually a lot of really wonderful things and i would just say don't rush to it um 
youth is also yeah they they have their pleasures they both have their pleasures for sure but you don't get to go back no only in your writing in your writing though you can do whatever you want that's why you should write because you can do whatever you want you can keep doing whatever you want when you write you can manifest whatever reality for now until yeah the end of your days and to me that will be powerful that'll be capitalism every time yeah right because your imagination is free Exactly. And you can share it and it is pricelessly rewarded. Yeah, that's like you can't put a price on that. I totally agree. So everyone out there, just say no. (laughs) Say no to capitalism. Say Say yes yes to to writing. writing. Yeah, and say yes to art. (laughs) Lots of different kinds of art. So speaking of art, let's share some more um, student writing. Wow, okay. I love love just all the different voices. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read one called The Noises I Make by Brian E. Victoria from Open Meadow High School. Running, lungs burning, air clouded with sick, thick smog, sitting on the bank of a little river, serene, shining in the sticky August heat, Brush a strand of dark hair away from your pale eyes, not looking up. Alone, yelling, shrieking, no telling. Can you hear them? The noises I make? So I found a couple in here that I like. This one is called You by Zlata Goldberg from Wilson High School. And this is from the anthology, A Whole New Subject from the 2008-2009 school year. Sometimes your voice sounds like a crack of the whip, powerful and demanding. Sometimes your voice sounds like the melancholy assonance of a sullen violin. Sometimes your voice sounds like a soft colored blues filled with despair and hurt. Sometimes your voice wants me to come closer, but at the same time pushes me away like a fire. If you come near it, rays of warmth will please you, but if you come too close, you will agonize yourself. Sometimes your voices pursues me in my dreams throughout my days. Sometimes your voice is silent, but you speak with your eyes, showing your inner thoughts and feelings. Your voice, hollow and heartbreaking, your voice filled with sorrow, Sometimes you comfort me, support me, pick me up. Your voice brings me torment. Your voice brings me hope. Wow. Right? I like that. Yeah, it's like, whoa. Deep stuff. Deep. So deep. I love it. This one is called How We Change. Um, Tanner Bragg, since we're talking about you know the whole I growing love all up. these names because when we're making the anthology, you kind of, I mean, you know the students a little bit already before, but then... It's like, oh, yeah, Tanner Rack. I remember Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Franklin High School. One, I remember the times I went running for nothing, scared of the little things just to be held. Two, but I grew up, we grew up, and became a little more ambitious towards the moments to come. Three, now I realize as the days go on that our troubles become more than just a time out in the corner, but a life-changing experience. Four. We used to walk outside and jump in a puddle. Now we think about how your shoes will get wet and muddy. Five. We had no one to impress, no one to showboat around, to act more professional. Six. It was just us, acting as if the world was a water park that never closes. We could swim and slide and it would never grow old. Seven. But in reality, the park closed and we did turn 13. Then, to our surprise, the ending became a new beginning. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really impressed oftentimes by the craft in the poem, um, in the poems and the technique that students are trying out, practicing, checking out. Mm -hmm. And doing really incredible jobs with, 
you know, it's one of those things where like, how can you say something new when there's been so much writing over so many years, right? And yet people keep putting new twists on it yeah. and making it unique. That voice that you know every person has that's very individual, exactly. Is a thing. Right, and then it's the expression that um, really only that person could have come up with. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that. Yeah, that you just gotta love. You gotta love it. Speaking of expression, we're going to go ahead and play another song for you. You're tuned in to Poetic License on KBOO Portland. This is Poetic License, and I am your host, Taria Autry. I am here with Mary Reckner from Literary Arts and Writers in the Schools. We have been chatting about writing, about youth voices, about Verslandia. We have been sharing student writings from years of anthologies. And I think we have some more pieces to share. Yeah, I'd love to share Find Me by Felicia Davis, who went to Jefferson High School. I mean, the funny thing about reading these poems, too, are now... You know, some of these pieces, like this is from the anthology from 2009, 2010. So Felicia's on her way. Yeah. She's not a high school student any longer. Yeah, they're like young They're adulting. (laughs) They're serious (laughs) adulting. So this is Find Me. Find me in your heart and not in your raging arms that swing and hit me so dangerously. Find me in your soft spoken words that make me think I love you and not just continue to emotionally hate you. Find me in the image of you, simple and plain. Find me in the thoughts in your brain, your eyes that soften when you look at me, your body language that shows you're sorry. But you found me with my heart beating rapidly and the room spinning like a young child on a carousel. I got dizzy. 
You found me, spitting up my own blood. I hear you counting. You found me with your fingerprints imprinted on my ribs down to my waist. And now you yell. Look the hell. Look what the hell you made me do. You found me in another place. You found me in someone else's home. You found me safe. You found me. Notice what I say. You heard me say, I love you from a distance. You found me. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a poem like that too makes me just think about how I I think really for, for so many writers, for myself included, but this feels like in a in a really powerful way that writing is is a really cathartic act and a way of transforming um, whatever it is in our life that is difficult. Yeah, it's it's like taking those jagged pieces of glass and maybe melting them and then turning them into stained glass windows. Yeah. So you take something that is painful and broken, you know, and rough and you turn it into something creative and beautiful yeah. and that is a and really healing. transformative act mm-hmm. for sure I agree this is I Remember by Emily Nguyen from Benson High School and this is from the anthology from 2006-2007 mostly what I'm made of I remember my childhood running around outside playing tag but hide and seek was always my favorite I remember peeking to see who touched my thumb during Heads Up, Seven Up. I remember going straight to my grandparents' house after school to be with all my cousins. I still remember the smell of my grandpa and the last words I said to him. I remember when boys were nothing but immature kids who had cooties. I remember the good days. My only problem was that I couldn't tie my shoes. Family vacations were the greatest. I remember going to the Bahamas and thinking I was going to drown while snorkeling. I remember when my mom was my best friend. She was the one I went to for everything. I remember growing up. I was suddenly too cool for my parents. I still remember. I remember my first boyfriend and how much we were supposedly in love. I remember my first enemy. Then we later realized we had no idea why we hated each other. I can still remember growing up, slowly maturing and becoming distant from my parents. I remember my first day in high school. Walking in and intimidated by every face, I remember the first time I hated high school. He said, she said drama. I remember choosing my best friends and who I trusted most. I don't want to remember my first heartbreak. However, it's something that I'll never forget. What I remember most though, is being able to smile again. I like that. Right? The resilience of that. You gotta yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. I have a kind of a memory poem too. Okay. It's called I Was That Kid by Rose Nguyen, Benson High School. And this is from um, I Once Was Young and Strong, the 2007-2008 student anthology. I was that kid. I was that kid, the one who got picked on I was inside that house, the white carpet stained, the smell of smoke from the cigarettes they smoked, colored marking on the wall from little kids with creative minds with no paper to draw on. I was that kid sitting at the bottom of the stairs with tink, tink, tink coming down my face. I was that kid sitting on a white stained carpet that covered stairs, colored markings on the wall, ha ha ha, is what I hear from upstairs, and loud chatter from parents, the joyful laughter continues, and yet these memories still stay. I was that kid. Wonderful. Portland, Mariah Lomax, Alliance High School at Meek. Um, and this was written with Laura Moulton, was the Ritz, Ritz writer, and it's from the anthology Where Summit Meets Sky. I picked it because it was called Portland. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> you know, since I've been moved away from the city and, you know, I'm, I'm vastly formulating my mm, Portland um, <laughs> vibe. Uh, I, you know, but there's so many things that, like, I have to admit, okay, there's so many things that I do still love about being here. Like, 
being able to find a place that's like vegan, gluten free <laughs> bakery. You know, you like know, you know, you love that bakery. I do. I really do. <laughs> like there, there are some things like the chai, the level of chai in the city. Um, good it's coffee, otherworldly. Good chai. You know, I mean, yeah, good food and people and people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to not notice nice the people. Too. There are some great people here, yeah. but. Yeah, it's it's a foodie place. Like <laughs> I've been eating really well since I've been here. Yes. Um, and there's been some sun. It could have been worse. Okay, so Portland, Portland. It was sunny today, Daria. I know it wasn't too bad. I can't complain. By Mariah Lomax. This is a city of empty cigarette cartons and broken lighters, of fighters scattered around like all the late-night TriMet writers. This is a city of those perfect sunny days we never seem to take for granted and of all the cold, endless rain that we do. This is a city of broken dreams and unheard stories, of the homeless and the brave, of the ones trying to do right only to end up digging their own graves. This is a city of the abandoned and of the forgotten, of the lost and of the found, of the cherished and remembered. This is a city of the beautiful and of the free, of the roses and the endless green trees. This is a city of the powerful, of the outcast, of the ruthless, of the temptations, of the liars, of the abandoners, of the nicotine addicts and devourers. This is Portland. Ooh. Right? Yeah, it's really, it is evocative. It is very evocative. I feel like there was a lot captured mm-hmm. very astutely yeah. in that piece. Yeah, and I that's one of the things that I've been noticing too as we've been reading. Um, in addition to sort of the formal things that uh, students are doing and these poets are doing, like using repetition really well um, or using imagery really well, but just using kind of concrete language mm-hmm. that really takes you to whatever it is that they're, whether it's an object or a place or a person, it helps you to really see it feel it be immersed in it experience it good stuff good stuff um another poem or do we have time yeah we have time i think we can do one more poem and then we'll okay this is kind of an interesting one formally it's called encyclopedia entry f it's by sarah habibi from lincoln high school and it's from i once was young and strong encyclopedia f there's three parts fingers Fingers, we all have them. Well, most of us do. And the cool thing is they're not all the same. There are long fingers, fat fingers, short little stubby fingers, and strangely squared fingers. Our phalanges are. I think our toes are phalanges too. Now that would be strange if they were switched. Fingers on feet, toes on hands. I love the elegance fingers add to some hands. They just make the hand seem to flow even when stationary there on your wrist. Forever. Forever is something I try to avoid. Why would you want anything for forever? Is that how you say it, for forever, or is it just forever? In any case, I don't want to live forever. What about love forever? I don't know. That seems like a promise that few can keep. Someone is eventually going to die. What are you going to do then? Frog. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I have to think about the letter F? Frogs. Frogs are usually heard and not really ever seen. People usually have to look harder than they want to to actually find one. I love that line. People usually have to look harder than they want to to actually find one. I think of the frog poster that used to hang in my room. The one of the frog with the big red eyes. Not scary red eyes. Eyes that make you stare and wonder what they see. I love the train of thought on that poem. It's incredible. It's, you know, that's the stuff like you can't, how do you even teach that? Yeah. You know, that's like the brilliance of just somebody. Well, I think it's just, um, it's that thing of just making space for people Mm -hmm. to bring it out. Yeah, that was great. I love that. And I'm so glad that you were able to join me today. Thank you so much. It's been really a pleasure to see you in person. And then just to join you on your radio show. Thanks. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And, you know, great to spread the word about Verslandia. Yeah, which is coming coming right up. April 27th, 7 p.m. at Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall. You can go to the Literary Arts website um, to get tickets. It's www.literary-arts.org. And I wanted to mention, too, we give a lot of um, free tickets out to schools. So, um the tickets we want to sell, of course, 
that could be students too, but we're really hoping that, especially now that we have this bigger space um, at the Schnitz, we're really hoping that a lot of community members show up and support Youth Voice and come to hear what is on the minds of the young adults of our city. And I think particularly at this moment when a lot of people are asking, you know, how can my life be meaningful? How can I make a positive change? Uh, how can I make a difference right now? How can I show up for other people that need support? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, need yeah. need that um, space to be made for them. Right. Um, this project really elevates youth voice and coming to the event, I know everyone who's there is gonna have a fantastic time and they're gonna learn something about what young people are really thinking yeah. about. I think that if you haven't been, then you have no excuses. You gotta get there and check it out. And if you have students or um, work at the high schools, a lot of them are doing their school slams leading up to Verslandia. Yeah. That's a great opportunity too to go. So you can check those out as well. And we are gonna um, say Good night. Good night. Uh, it was a pleasure. Again, thank you so much, Mary, you, for Tria. stopping by and visiting Poetic License. And we will be back next month, the first Monday of every month at 10 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have a wonderful night. Terry party. KBOO Portland Community Radio. I used to think this was the beginning of your story. The time is 11 p.m. and you are tuned to the Ubu Hour. Radio Theater!